At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 37. I am Matt O'Leary coming to you live from the the steamingly hot Long Island, surprisingly. And I am joined by Mitch Anderson, who is in the slightly less hot Ottawa, Canada. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I'm wearing shorts. It's still warm here in Canada. It may not be your whatever 85 degree magic number that is. I don't know what 85 means. It's a good test number. I'll take that as a test number. I wish I'd got that through high school because maybe my dad would have got off my back. But either way, it's nice and warm here in Canada with 20 degrees. All right. So we established that Mitch may or may not have daddy <laughs> issues and that it is not as hot there as it is here. Yeah, very warm, d- very warm day here today. I am biting the bullet, taking one for the team. I closed my window so we get the most pristine audio for this podcast the the fire alarm was going off from the fire station which if you went to the live show you know is not too far away it was a whole mess there's dogs barking i said we've got to close the windows but i am in a tank top and sweating bullets over here so i'm taking one for the team cheers to you you get a slow clap and a beer's cheers there you go love it so i have to ask because we do it every show yep what edition are we going with for 37 we're going with a player who's played for seven different NHL teams. He scored 214 points in 345 games with the Islanders. He played four set Islanders between the years 2000 and 2006. We are going with my man, Mark Parrish. Oh, love him between in the studio and between the glass. It's amazing. I like that answer. Okay. But okay. how can we not go with Islanders legend Brian Strait? Why would you want to go with that? Why would you want to go? Th- You're already going through pain and suffering with your your hellscape of a room right now, and you just added an extra layer of "I want to hate myself today." You did the like the the inverse Biff naked. Oh yeah, I definitely have some self loathing issues in, in my life. If we're gonna be real honest here, I'm a Jets Islanders and Mets fan. Like That's I just true. accept you already this pain. Hate yourself a lot. Yeah, and we might have, in a stifling hot hell of a room, and now we got the Brian Strait edition. Yeah, we we might have just cracked my whole mental this problems I got going on here. But uh, anyway, <laughs> that was good. So today's episode is going to be a little bit different. We're going to start with our longer topic because it's the bigger news story for the week. So we figured we'll start with that, and that's the NHL draft because we find out where the Islanders are picking, and then we're going to get into our 
shorter topics and then into the social segment. So, Mitch, we found out where the Islanders are picking in the 2018 draft, and it's about as worst-case scenario as you could possibly get. Yeah, like big time. It's big time worst-case scenario. And you know why? It's only because not only is it a divisional rival at kind of the same crossroads as the Islanders, maybe a little bit worse because the Islanders made the playoffs at least twice within this span, but they were also sandwiched between both of our first-round picks and still got ahead of us. They jumped up nine spots to pick second. Those gosh darns, I wish I could swear, Carolina Hurricanes, who had a 9.8% chance of taking in the top three, and they got that with a second overall. I thought it was third overall. No. Montreal takes third, Carolina's second. So, yeah, it just got worse for you, buddy. Oh, I, I, I flipped it. I thought it was Montreal second and Carolina three. No. That that's on me. Still not good for the Islanders because that bumps them down a slot now, and they are picking eleventh and twelfth. That's right. They were picking ten and twelve. Now it's eleven twelve because of Carolina. Thanks a lot, Carolina. God, but can't you just like stay unrelevant and just not do things? <laughs> unrelevant or re- irrelevant? Irrelevant. I can't even think of my words. I'm so mad. Yeah, it's definitely. <sighs> The, obviously, we're hoping one of the Islanders' two picks jumped up, at least one jumped up into the top three or moved up somehow. But the fact that it was Carolina, that's the, like we said, it is the worst case scenario because now that bumps the Islanders' higher pick, which was 10, down to 11. And yeah, the, we're, we're not questioning that you can still get a solid player at 11 and 12, but it's not, you're not necessarily getting a guy who's going to impact your roster from day one. It's probably going to be a, couple years two three plus years until that player makes an impact at the nhl level to be fair the islanders could have picked fourth or fifth and that still would have been the case knowing the islanders they they needed to pick one to get an impact player today yeah they needed rasmus dalin that would have made a huge difference absolutely and like to to me it wasn't that they should that that i was hoping that they would that they move up I was fully with the odds that they had. Like they had a three point five percent chance of taking first overall with their tenth their tenth overall pick, and they had a two point five percent chance with Calgary's pick. They probably weren't going to move up, and I was okay with that. What makes it worse is that it's literally the team that was sandwiched between our picks, and it's a divisional rival. That's what makes it worse is that they had odds equal to ours. They had a three percent chance of first overall, and they almost got it, and a nine point eight percent chance of taking the top three. And they did. They got in the top three. And I just, ugh. They're already a pretty good team. They shouldn't be as bad as they were. They shouldn't be. And now they get a second overall pick to help them out. A divisional rival. That's the second time a second overall goes to the Metropolitan Division and not the Islanders in two years. Yeah, it was Philadelphia last year. Good point. They got Nolan Patrick out of the deal. Again, a team that was kind of the same place the Islanders were. On that playoff bubble they were doing well, you know, they had won 10 games in a row last year. No one had ever lost or not made the playoffs with that kind of a streak. And so they were a good team that underachieved, just like the Islanders last year. They were a good team. They underachieved last year. They underachieved again this year, big time, but that's, I don't think they were a good team necessarily. Um, but now again, a team just kind of like the Islanders, who's underperformed, were not a good team, didn't deserve the playoffs, missed it by a country mile, and they get a second overall pick within division. Yeah, it's it's funny how things continue to work out this way. 
it do, it, do, it does it's awful. It's just like I know it it doesn't make sense, but like that's that's the beauty, I guess, of the lottery is that it's just random numbers. You you could win, you could lose. That's the point of a lottery is that there's no guarantee. Uh, except for Buffalo, who did you know draft first with their 18.5% chance of taking first overall. But I don't know, man. Like, this sucks. It sucks. Yeah, it's just, it's just worse because when you have a season that doesn't result in the playoffs, you're hoping for best-case scenario in the draft. And like we've been saying all along, both on the blog and on this show, the Islanders weren't bad enough to have like a top pick to them would make an immediate difference and they weren't good enough to make a playoff run. So they were in the exact middle of mediocrity and that's where their two picks are. So it's actually ironically pretty fitting that they're picking 11 and 12. That's true. So I guess with that, with the fact that they didn't move up and actually moved back one, what is the likelihood? I ask you, Matt O'Leary, what is the likelihood or the odds that Garcino trades either two or one of those picks? I think he should trade both those picks. Right, but what are the odds? What, are the, what do you think he does? Do you like? Do you give him a a fifty percent chance that he'll that he'll trade him plus two hundred? However you want to say it. What do you think? What are the what's the likelihood that he might trade one or two of those picks? Um, I'm gonna put it at sixty percent that he moves at least one. Wow! See, I was not ready to go nearly that high. I think he moves one. I think he should move two. I think he ends up moving just one and drafting a player. Mm. See, I don't think he moves either. I think he drafts them. Um, but I, I give him a 25% chance that he might tr- uh, trade at least one of them. Just because maybe something will come up that will suit his fancy. Uh, so I, I give myself that kind of that room to wiggle. But I, I don't think he moves them overall. I really think he just drafts two players. I th- you're probably right with that. And I think that's completely the wrong move, especially because you're, what, at that point, a week out from free agency. Right. Two, two weeks at the most. And obviously the main goal of this offseason is to convince John Tavares to stay. Drafting right. two players that won't have an impact to the Islanders for at, at bare minimum two years isn't necessarily going to make John Tavares stay. But if you use those picks and acquire a goalie that could be starter potential and another defenseman, that's something that's impacting the Islanders in 2018 on the ice. I think that's a little bit of a different story. Yeah, I don't know, man. I really, I think John Tavares is just, I think he knows what's happening here. And keep in mind, he's said on repeated occasions that he has complete faith in Gar Snow. Now, whether that's BS or not, I don't know. But I, I, I like to believe what comes out of John Tavares' mouth. I'd like to believe that what he's saying is truthful. And so if he has faith in Gar Snow, then no matter what he does come draft day, isn't going to change, isn't going to sway him pro or against. I would have to, just taking him at his word. Um, so I think all he wants to do is just see what's out there. What, what is the dollar sign? What are teams, what is his value on the open market? And uh, I think that's all he wants to look for. So that's why I think that he keeps them because he doesn't necessarily care about he cares about what happens with Tavares. It's just that he doesn't think that these picks are going to sway him either for or against whatever he does with them. 
I almost see the flip side of saying you take two players to help build up your prospect pool, which really isn't very good, according to a lot of people. And one of their own scouts actually said this week that they need everything. That is their is director scary. of player development. Yeah, that's not a good sign. That's that's a guy who needs to be have his job looked at again because, let's be honest, outside of a few defensemen, you haven't really churned out anything. No, that's definitely a scary sign when you're someone that high up is is saying stuff like that. But wow. none nonetheless, Anyways, yeah, moving on. The point is, I, I see both sides of it, like re, retooling. But I think the Islanders' window is open now. And I think if you are drafting, you are pushing off that window. And then uh, once again, you're going to be stuck in that no man's land for where you're waiting for guys to come. And then the on ice, the team that's currently on ice isn't quite there yet. They're a piece or two away from being a real contender. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't I don't see them as a Stanley Cup contender right now. Even with their defense, like let's assume they have the same defensive core as last year, but healthy. So they have Boychuk all year. They have DeHaan all year. Is this a Stanley Cup lineup? No, no. Even when they were both healthy, they were winning games. They were winning more games, but it was more of a we dare, we dare you to outscore us type of win. Right. I think you're close offensively. Oh yeah, I, absolutely. They got a top, the top eight offense in the league. So you're you're good there. Right. If you added. At least one, maybe two defenders and a goalie. I think that's the difference. Yeah. So potentially three more players would um, make or break. Right. I think if you add a goalie and you add a defender, obviously, if you have it, depends on the, on the quality of, of defenders oh, sure. you're adding. If you're adding a Brendan Davidson, then forget it. No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking more of like a, of a sexier name, like, uh, just throwing guys out there, but OEL or Carlson, like a bigger time guy. And then, you know, an, an, a, either a guy that hasn't gotten a chance as a starter yet as a goalie, who's just been in a backup role or uh, someone who has cap trouble trying to move someone at the draft, like the capitals and devils have been talked about potentially doing. I think yeah. that's the route. I, 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 I see it. I hear it. But I don't know if he does it. I think he's got so much faith in this team that he's built since 2006 because that's what he said at, at the end of the season, essentially. Um, that I think he just he tinkers around the margins again, like he did at the dra- uh, at the uh, the deadline, right? Just tinkering around the margin, trying to shore up these things from the most marginal, infinitesimal, small improvements to the lineup to say that we're still pretty good. We just need a little tweak here and there, which... We we both agree isn't necessarily the case from what we've seen. No, that's a complete and utterly wrong take for Garth Snow to have. I'm not. You're probably spot on with how he thinks his team is looking. But let's look at the facts here for a second. The guy has been in charge for 12 years. The Islanders have had one playoff series win over that time. You can't say that they are just nitpicky moves away like what Pittsburgh did this year at the at the deadline that's just slight changes where you're like a cup contender because they've won two two cups in a row and then they were just slightly retooling for their third potential Stanley Cup playoff run 
the Islanders aren't in that position. They need to acquire a couple more impact guys before they're at that point of just the tinkering. Yeah, I I don't think they do it. I really don't. And if they do, they got to go out for a big name. They got to get a guy like John Carlson, which I don't think they have. I don't think they're going to get. Um, and outside of him, who's left? Matt Dumba? Like that? That's quite a spread from John Carlson to Matt Dumba. To all respect to Matt Dumba, he's a great defender, but he's at best a four or a three four, whereas John Carlson is a one two type guy. Yeah, I definitely agree. So, in your dream scenario, do you have the Islanders adding a one two guy or a second pair guy? Oh, a one two guy, easily. I, I I love Johnny Boychuk, but I think he's a better four guy this year. Uh, I keep him on the power play. Don't take him off the power play. But he's a better three four guy, and you get a guy to shore up that number two spot next to Nicoletti. A little bit of a hot take for you. I I want him to be okay. a five or six guy next year. Yeah, I remember you writing that. I I, I hear you. I don't think it's going to happen unless they get two better defenders. But I don't. I don't see it happening. I would love it just because I think his minutes need to be a little bit more managed. I definitely do. I think that's part of the reason why he gets hurt. Exactly. Is because he can't continue to play those, you know, nineteen minutes a night or whatever he was playing. He's over twenty, and like the guy's thirty-four. Hey, like I know that my legs aren't the same, and my conditioning isn't the same. I can't go and run the same marathon I could. I used to be able to run in the same time with the same amount of training. So I, I, I get it. Put him on the second pair. There's nothing wrong with that. He's still going to get 18, 19 minutes a night. That's still up there, but he's not going to have to face those bigger guys. He's not going to have to be out there as long, and he still can do power play stuff. That's that's a perfect position for Johnny Boychuk. Yeah, I think we're both on agreement here that he, his role should be reduced. They shouldn't be necessarily relying on him as the second guy behind Letty. Yeah, I, I would like them to be in a position where they didn't have to, yeah. which is a problem with the Islanders is that they have to because he is their second best defender. He's a good defender. They don't have anyone better outside of Nick Letty. So they have to because, like, well, we're not going to put someone not as good there. Why would we do that? Could you make the case for Ryan Pulak and Nick Letty being paired together? I don't like that pairing. I really don't. No? I, I like the defense, like this yin and yang defensive pairing where you have the uh, the one push up the gut skater, moves the puck out of the zone, and, and headman's a play-out type of defender with a more solid kind of versatile, not versatile, but uh, more defensively-minded defenseman. And it's not to say that he's going to be a stay-at-home guy like Hal Gill. It's a guy that will, will can still skate up the ice, but knows and is more conservative when it comes to a play and is m- a less risk-averse. And so I find that Nick Letty and Ryan Pulak are, more, are less risk-averse and will take more risks, which is good. That's a good thing, but both on the ice together. That's like saying, I want two PK Subans on the ice at the same time. And you're going, that's great. They're great players, but those are some risky players. And when you have two guys out there on the back end and they're both taking risks, you've got no, you've got no cover. And that's, that's, that's a no-go. Okay. I think you made a fair argument there. You kind of swayed me a little bit, but yes. I'm not sure if I'm putting Pulak back there. I Shut think I'd that up. Put I'm writing the... that on my whiteboard right now. <laughs> I think I'd put the acquired piece with Letty then. Okay. And have Pulak on the second pair and then Boychuk on the third. Yeah. Look, if you have Pulak, Boychuk on the same line or pairing, could you imagine the slap shots from the point? Oh, you would put both Pulak and Boychuk together? Imagine that. 
imagine the, the, like, the slap shots coming from either side. Either side. You don't know where it's coming from, but there's a cannon coming at you from either side. Like, that has to be the Arsenal line, does it not? That would certainly be entertaining. I would love that. I called for that last year as their second power play unit. I wanted to for the same reason, so I can call it the Arsenal line. Because it's just rockets from the back. Just boom, boom. 100-mile-an-hour slap shot. 100-mile-an-hour slap shot. Just rockets from each side. Goaltenders don't know where it's coming from. The parting of the Red Seas on both sides. It's perfect. Beautiful. I like that on the power play. And then maybe put Anders Lee in front. Who cares? Anyone. Maybe not Anders Lee because I don't want him to get his damage. <laughs> but <You're> Clutterbuck. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Give Clutter a few goals. That's fair. And, you know, the guy, you got to put yourself in the line of fire, Cal. So, you know, there you go, bud. And you're 3.5 million. <laughs> please. For the love of God, please. <laughs> All right. That was pretty good. So do you want to move on to looking at our mock draft and talking about guys that Islanders could potentially take? In yes. those spots? Yeah. All right, so let's do that. We put up a mock draft on Eyes on Isles just this past week, and I'm going to pull it up right now. We're going to talk about the guys. We did it before the, the- lottery was was uh, done, but that's all right. We'll still, yeah, that, we'll still pull it up. Um, we wanted to get it out just because we wanted to get our picks out, like just our ranking of how players we think are going to fall before the balls go, and we, we, we try to, before it, it might even look like we're trying to match up players with teams. Um, so we really wanted to get that out there first, uh, which I think is important. And it also ch- sees what our, our thought process was, because we'll put out another one, um, what our thought process was throughout the offseason, for the Islanders anyways. It's not the offseason for everyone. So, so how do you want to do this? Do you want to start at the front, or do you want to just skip to the, where the Islanders are picking? Let's just, this is an Islanders podcast. Let's just skip to there. We don't need to go through all the way 1 through 12. That doesn't really matter. Because if we're doing that, we've got to go all the way to 31, and I don't want to keep people here all night. This is true. Okay, or so myself, in this— really. I'm just thinking about myself. <laughs> Fair enough. Mitch has two kids. We want to get him to bed as early as possible. <laughs> all right, let's talk about—so we had them obviously picking at 10 and 12 originally. Now it's going to be 11 and 12. But at pick number 10, we had them going with Ty Smith, defenseman for the Spokane Chiefs. Yeah, like, so he's right in the mold of what the Islanders pick already with in terms of defensemen. He's 5'11", 176. They, they take a lot of 5'11 defensemen. Sebastian Ajo, Mitch Van Esample, uh who's the other one? Uh, Quenville, I think, is 5'11". Yes. They got a lot of short defensemen. And, and short is just they're not six feet tall. So it makes sense for them. I, I have alternate picks that I want to get to after we get to these. But I, I think this fits with the Islanders mold. And then 60 points, not 60 points. He had 73, 73 points in 69 games. That's a good return. I know I'm very adamant about trading both picks. But if the Islanders are to select somebody, this is the guy that I really want. I think he's... Really? Yeah, I think he plays a similar style of game to Nick Letty. He's got okay. fantastic speed. He obviously has a huge scoring upside. He was second in the, where did he play? The WHL, right? Mm-hmm. The Spokane Chiefs? Yeah. So he was second in the league in points for defensemen, behind Quenville, actually, another nice. Islanders prospect. So that's a good sign. He's described as an elite skater whose upside puts him atop with any other defensive prospects. So, again, he's probably not going to have the same immediate impact as a Rasmus Dahlin or a guy who might go at the top of the draft, but 
picking from anywhere like 10 to 12. I think that's pretty good value. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I, I like that he's got that scoring upside, but they all do at the, the OHL or WHL level, or I should say CHL. Um, it's just what happens when they move from there, right? And so he's he's picked now. He's probably not going to make the lineup for three years knowing the, the Islanders' MO. So see you in 2021. Is that right? Or 20, yeah, 2021. And at... Pick 12, we had them going center this time. Joe Valino, he played for the Drummondville Voltigeurs. The Voltigeurs. Sorry, I don't. I can't do that with my mouth. I don't know how you do that. The Voltigeurs. 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 There you go. Can't roll my R's. Got to roll that R, buddy. In 64 games, he put up 79 points, 22 goals, 57 assists. He's described as an unselfish playmaker, sees the ice well, and has good visions and makes things happen every shift. So already the Q is is, is a higher-scoring league. Uh, that's where Bossy came from. It's So you got to take that with a little grain of salt, whereas they're gonna, he's not going to score at that rate. Although Bo comes from the Q, and he's putting up points. Gotta love Bo. It's amazing. Uh, but I, I don't see him being that type of that productive come the NHL. I hope I'm hope I'm wrong. That'd be amazing. Uh, but at six one one ninety four, he's already physically ready for the NHL. Yeah, I think he could be a. I wrote this in the mock draft actually. I think he could be a perfect candidate for the third line center role. Okay, sure. Yeah, you, you, that's the thing. You you don't already don't want to limit that to third line because that kind of sounds like why are we taking him to the first? But I guess when you think about it, first a first round pick is just guaranteeing. Maybe not guaranteeing, but it's giving you a better chance at just an NHL-ready player. Maybe not ready, but an NHL-caliber player. A player that can play at the NHL for his career. Second, third, fourth, fifth, you get less of a chance of getting someone who could play at the NHL. Right, and then when you consider that Tavares and Barzell are ahead of him as centers, yeah. you know, it might be a little bit more of a scoring upside third-line guy, but he seems to be a little bit more defensive responsible. He doesn't put up a ton of goals, so he's more of a playmaker. Which to me, I see like, I don't know, because everyone always goes back to Franz Nielsen as him. He, he would have been the perfect third line center with this team. And mm-hmm. this is who he kind of reminds me of in a sense. Wow. Okay. Fair enough. I have a better pick for you at number okay. 12. Um, so we obviously, the, the Islanders obviously dropped 11 12. I think personally, now that they've dropped and have had more time to look at more mock drafts and everything, I think the Islanders take at number 11. Quinton Hughes, he's a short defenseman. He's 5'9". I'm surprised he's on the board or he, he's going to be taken in the first round to begin with because 5'9 guys are usually taken very, very, very late in the draft because they don't like their size. And it's not that he's 5'9 as a forward. He's 5'9 as a defenseman. They're not, they don't usually come that size. And so I think they get, teams get skittish and he falls. And I think the Islanders pounce on it. Yeah, that makes sense just based off of Garth Snow's drafting history. Exactly. And then at, at 12, I think they take Barrett Hayton. So as another center, uh, the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds, he's 6'1", 185. He's put up 60 points in the OHL, which isn't as a high-scoring league as a Q, but still a scoring league. But like you wrote here, he still plays a lot of penalty kill minutes. 
Mm-hmm. So the guy's a good 200-foot player. He's sound defensively. He's that third-line center. That's the guy. He's a pick above. So, like, him or, or, or Joe Valeno, whichever one. Make, your, make up your mind. But I like Barrett Hayton instead. Yeah, I'd be completely fine with that one, to be honest with you. I My original thought a few weeks ago was draft two defensemen. Draft need. But I'm slightly changed my opinion on that. I want to go one center, one defenseman. Yeah, I don't... Do they even need... Like, they need everything, apparently, but you can't get everything. Um, do they need defensemen? Like, look at the... the. I guess you want to call it the production line of defensemen. So they got Pulak here now. Same thing with Pelic and Mayfield. They got Taze and Ajo, or, who are ready tomorrow to play in the NHL. You got Van Esample, Quenville... Uh, already in the AHL, and now you're going to get these two guys. Like that, that's a pretty good line of succession, or, or at least one other guy in this this year's draft. That's a good and line of succession, and they still have more that I haven't mentioned because I forgot their names. Robin Sallow, who was the second round pick from last yeah. year. Yeah, uh, Spoon as well. Just remembered. Okay. So like they they have defensive prospects that are pretty good. These aren't blue chip prospects outside of Pulak and Taves, but still right. Even then, Ajo was looking pretty darn good for a fifth-round pick last year. Last year, he was drafted in the fifth round, and he's already playing in the NHL. That's outstanding. Yeah, that's pretty impressive stuff. You almost never see that. That's right. And for him to make the league that quickly, is I mean, hats off to him. That's awesome. But maybe with the... You can make, I don't know if I necessarily use the word excessive because you could always have more depth at a position, especially one like defense, but where they have a little bit of leeway with that position, I could see them, if they did make a trade, them using one of their many prospects they already have mm-hmm. to help acquire either a goalie or a better proven defensive player. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I can see that happening. Um, it's the, the odds are slim, but... If they're going to – so who's the prospect you think they get rid of then? Or they trade? I shouldn't say get rid of because it sounds like they don't like them. But who do, who's the prospect you think that they trade? Defensive prospect. Um, I think Ajo or Van de Sample. Mm. Yeah, I I think it's Ajo. Ajo or even Taze I think is on the board. Really? Okay. I See, the reason why I didn't say Taze was because I think they like they want him to be on the team next year. I think so too, but they've already got the, they, they're they're pretty stocked already at young defensemen next year. They already have Pulak, Pelic, Mayfield, and now they have to decide between Taze and Aho next year potentially. Oof. that's that's we've already got a top six. That's already six defenders, defenders or five. That's five defenders. Sorry. Yeah, I. You're probably right with them having to choose one. I guess I wouldn't necessarily be crying over losing either one of those, especially if you're trading for a proven commodity. Yeah. But I think I would rather hold on to Taze. Oh, yeah, I, I would rather hold on to him, but his upside is more in a trade, right? Or it's not his, yeah, upside, his value is, is higher. You're probably right. And if it did take that to land, like I said, a top-tier talent at either the defensive position or in net, I'm completely okay with them moving right. on from them. Yeah, I agree. All right. So there you have it. You had a little bit of draft and mock draft talk. So uh, this is a good off-season podcast we're having so far tonight. Can't wait for the next two months of off-season podcast. <laughs> August is going to be amazing. It's going to be fun. We're going to be here every week. So if you're craving that Islanders content, don't worry. We're going to have it for you all summer long. 
That's right. Let's get into the player grades and okay. some other prospects that we talked about on the blog this week. Let's start with Michael Delcol. Oh, your boy. My boy. Number one <laughs> fan. Um, you so and I his did, dad, buddies. Got me and Gus. Twitter, <laughs> Twitter pals. We're on first name basis. He definitely did not block me on Twitter after I said his son was very bad at hockey. That definitely is not a thing. Um, was not a good year for Michael Del Cole, who is now going on four years since being drafted from the New York Islanders with the fifth overall pick. He played in four games at the NHL level, managed just one shot on goal in those four games. Wow. He did not have a very good year either in the AHL. That is true. Um, he, so what he ended the season with like a 12 game, no scoring streak. Yeah. He finished with in 60 games played 24 points, seven goals, 17 assists and a minus 14 for those who care about that stat. Yeah. That's really bad. He's oh, like he had 41 points in 75 games last year. He's taken a step back. This was the year. This was the year he was supposed to take a big step. Maybe not even a big step forward. Because he didn't need to take a big step. He scored 41 points again last year in the AHL. He just needed to take a step forward. In the really? police department. Like, that's what matters for a forward of his caliber. He definitely... I'm just looking up his past numbers from the all the way from the OHL to the AHL. And oh, now his the OHL numbers are amazing. They were. In... 13 and f- 2013 14 and 2014 15, he put up 95 and 93 points. Mm-hmm. The following year, in 2015 2016, the year he was traded from the Oshawa Generals to the Kingston, what is it? Front next. Okay, thank you. He dropped to 80 points. So it was almost a 15 point drop off from there. Then follow that up by. 2016-17, he put up 41 points in the AHL, which isn't terrible, but you would expect a top five pick to dominate a little bit more at that level. And then the, he followed that up with an embarrassingly bad 2017-18 season. And that that's just it. It's that he's taken a step back this year. Like Honestly, look at his playoff numbers. His playoff numbers in the OHL are outstanding. 20 points in 12 games, 31 points in 21 games, 18 points in 9 games. Wow. Outstanding in the playoffs, but he just can't get it done. He can't get over the hump here in the AHL. And I don't know what the problem is. I, I can assume what the problem is. And it, I think it's a combination of him and the organization just don't click. And he needs to go. For his own sake, he needs to go. He needs to go somewhere else to get a shot. Because he's not going to get it with the Islanders. No, I don't think he is. Um, I definitely think... This is a guy who can benefit from a change of scenery. I'm not even ready to call it like he's a – I know I've called him a bust, but being a little bit more rational here, if I if he is traded, I think he could develop into a serviceable NHL player. I'm not going to say he's going to be a star no. in the league, well, which was maybe – but you know, maybe he's a, a serviceable depth scoring kind of guy for some other team somewhere. Uh, and I think the Islanders absolutely must cut bait with him this offseason at some point. Easily. Like it, it has to. It's just not working. Um, and if Eric Herons, who's the director of uh, player development, realizes this, as he should because it's in his title, 
they, they, he's got to suggest this to Garth to be like, you got to get this guy somewhere else because we can't, we can't make this guy anything. We've had him for four years and he's just getting worse. Cut bait now while he's got value. That's the thing. I feel like he only, him only playing four games in the NHL might be a benefit to him because let's say he played the last 25, 30 games and was god-awful. That would absolutely kill his trade value where he's yeah. still a little bit of an unknown commodity at the NHL level, so I think that definitely helps out Garth Snow and his bargaining. I think so. And then when you saw him play at the NHL, he wasn't good. He wasn't a negative, though. Like He wasn't out there and he wasn't a... Um, What's the word I want to use for? A liability for the Islanders. He was out there just playing. And that's fine, I guess, except that he wasn't a positive either. He wasn't doing anything. He was contributing zero. So he was so scared to do anything and to be risky. His natural element of of, of scoring and risk-taking and creativity or, or, or whatever that he used to do at juniors has been completely like whitewashed out of him. Oh no! There is was that the no right word cre- I want to use? Is it whitewashed? I don't know if that brainwashed. Let's just go with that. I don't think whitewashed is the right word I want to use. It, it's pretty crazy to think. Just remember those four games that he played. You can you honestly remember a Michael Dalcole shift? I no. can't. No, I remember his first one because I was I made sure to watch for him. But outside of that, blank. When the game was over, I went, "Oh look, he's in the game, like in the the box score." Wow, didn't realize yeah, like, he played. Like we said, he registered one shot on goal. He took. One of another shot that did not go on goal, so he gave you virtually nothing for four games. Yeah, the guy like, was scared. The guy's scared to do anything, and I think that's the biggest sign that he needs a change. Absolutely, I completely agree. the The guy needs to go, and, and I don't say that with any kind of venomosity or, or animosity. Venomosity. It's not even a word. Just making up random words here. I had too many beers. I guess I had the one. Um. <laughs> But he needs to. He needs to go. He needs a change of scenery. He needs something else because, like you said, he could be so much more productive if he gets somewhere else. Yeah, I. I mean, it's really sad that a top five pick isn't going to pan out for your organization. Similar to Ryan Strom, similar to Nino Niederreiter. But again, I think it's 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 the right move at this point. There's nothing else really left for the Islanders to do. Yeah. So great on the season F. Unfortunately. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't give him a grade, but I, I think if I did, I would have to be an F. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, moving on to the big squad, I did a Yaroslav Halak player grade. Nice. I, you said that a little reluctantly. I, I have trepidations. I think with your grade, but let's let's keep going with it. I gave him a D. Yeah, I I don't understand that, but okay, I, I read it, but. Obviously, let's talk about it. Sure. Why? Why? Okay. Let me start with this. What, what are you giving him? A D minus to an F. Oh, so you're going lower. Oh, yeah. I. So I, I gave him a D minus to be like, so think of it as a teacher where you're, you're going to give him an F, but you're like, if I give him an F, do I have to see this kid again? Oh, I'm giving him a D minus. I'm just going to pass him. I'm just going to pass him so I don't have to think about him anymore. And we're good. So I'm giving him a D minus, so I don't have to think about him anymore. I said my, my nice thing. It's kind of like at the end of a roast, right? You always end the roast with something positive. This is it. I'm just, the season is over, buddy. You were awful, but we love you, kind of. Not really, but you don't need to know that. Thanks. I guess the reason why it was a D 
was because compared to Grice, he was almost effective, and I put more of the blame on the defense in front of him than yeah. him himself. Again, it's not D isn't anything to hang up on the refrigerator here. We're not saying he had a, anything good, but that's why I gave him a D over a D minus. I th- I couldn't give him an F. I couldn't do it, but it was between a D minus or a D, and I gave him the slight benefit of the doubt. Yeah, so the only reason you didn't give him an F is because you don't blame him outright for the deficiencies of the Islanders, which is kind of fair. He had okay glimpses, but they were just glimpses. The rest of the time, he was still at fault for those those Halakian goals where they're, they're shots from the face-off dot that he should stop, and they just bleed through, or they find a hole all the time, constantly. Like 20, 30 goals like that a year minimum. Or a goal in the last five minutes for no reason, just lets it up. Just these mental gaps constantly. It constantly happens. So I, I think that's why he deserves less. I really I really think he he's may not be the the reason the Islanders failed, but he's a good part of it. You're not wrong. I know You're not I'm not wrong. wrong. There. I know. Do this is my question for you. It's okay. a two parter. Do the Islanders bring him back? Oh. Okay. What's the other part? Do you want me the to other... answer before you get to the other part? It doesn't really matter, so I'll give you the second part, too. The other one is what kind of contract do you think he gets? So if the Islanders, for some reason, don't find another goalie out there or don't have faith that um, Soderstrom could play at the NHL level today, which I don't think they do. I think they want him to play at the, N- the AHL level, which is kind of what Eric Cairns said, Eric Cairns said anyways. He said that about uh, Sebastian Ajo is going to need some time to gel. However long that takes, days, weeks, months, they don't know, obviously. Uh, I think they might stick with him. I think they might. I think they might give him a, a one-year $2 million deal or $2.5. I, I, does he sign it? That's another thing. Um, I don't Do know. You... Maybe, maybe he just wants out, and so like, there's whatever they give him, he's not going to sign it. If he went somewhere else... Do you think he'd be a starter? No. No, nah, I can't see him being a starter in this league. Not after these num- Not after this year's numbers. He'll get a, a chance somewhere, but he won't be a starter. And he might be able to play himself into a starting role, but I, I think that ship has sailed. I agree. I think at this point in his career, he is a serviceable backup. But for the Islanders, he could potentially be their starter next year, which is, mm. oh, God, what fun it is. So to, to get to that question of do you think they bring them back, I I, I can see a scenario where they do. I, I can't see that being the predominant scenario. Like if I had to give that a percentage of reality or, or, or of actually happening, I'd give that like a 30% chance that he comes back next year with a 70% chance that anything else happens, including yeah. him just saying, shove it with your contract. I'm not coming back here ever again. I definitely think it would be awkward after everything that went down, especially two years ago. Yeah. Um, I would be – I wouldn't say shocked, but I would say surprised if he resigned. So would I. Absolutely surprised if he resigned. But if he's not going to get a starter role anywhere and we might give him one or he knows he can work himself into one because his only competition is Thomas Grace, maybe he takes it. True. Maybe it does because, like like we said, he could potentially start here with the Islanders, and he's probably not starting anywhere else in the league. No, exactly. He's definitely not. 
All right, let's move on to our third player we're going to talk about in this segment, Nick Letty. That player grade is coming out tomorrow, so Thursday morning. That's right. And he received a D-plus from our writer, Andrew. So we've been talking with Andrew a lot during the season about specifically Nick Letty, and I thought he was going to be a lot harsher than he was. Because I kind of agree with him with a D plus, and he's gonna love this because I've been disagreeing with him all season about Nick Letty, but I I can't disagree with him on a on a D plus. I I'd maybe give him a C minus, but I I can live with a D plus. I was leaning towards C minus, but now at that point we're getting into semantics of just the yeah D plus exactly. and C minus. Like you know what I mean? One or two percentage points type thing. Yeah, I would I would give him on the lower end of the C scale, so. Uh, it was a below-average season. I mean, then whether you like the stat or not, the the minus forty-two is if you just look at his hockey reference page, it stands out like a sore thumb. Yeah, unfortunately, 40, yeah. forty-two points, ten goals, thirty-two assists. I mean, that's not terrible on paper, but he certainly just by the eye test didn't look like the same player. And the reason why I think I give him the benefit of the doubt with the C minus over the D plus is because of his supporting cast. Yeah, that's just it. Um, I I know that that Andrew will say that yes, his supporting cast was bad, but Nick Letty still also didn't look great this year. And that at times he didn't. There's some plays out there that I can't argue with Andrew going like that was not good. That was not good. What was Nick Letty thinking there? What was Nick Letty doing there? I don't understand. But you're right. Like a lot of it, like there's that one play. Uh, it was Brandon Davidson. At, well, it wasn't Brandon Davidson. It was against I think the Florida Panthers at the end of the year when Florida was destroying everyone for some ridiculous reason. Uh, it's Nick Lady's going to check. I think it's Trocheck up against the glass by the faceoff dots. So he's on the half wall. Boom! You're up against the boards. Trocheck throws it towards net, and I guess there's someone skating through. I don't know who it is. I'm going to say Huberto just for the sake of it. And Brandon Davidson's on him. But what happens is that the puck hits Davidson's skates and in the net. Well, guess what? Minus one for Nick Letty. He did everything right on the play and still got a minus one for some ridiculous fluke. So that's why I don't like the stat. But God, sometimes he was out there and it looked bad. It looked real bad this year. He certainly didn't look like his regular self, even though like... If you just want to look at scoring, the point production was in a similar spot as it was the last three years. But I expected more out of Letty this year. Yeah. Well, remember, at the beginning of the season, he was getting Norris consideration and not just from Doug Waite. Yeah. And that fell off a cliff real quick. It definitely did. I think in November he was like a plus 10 or something. And then from November onwards, that fell off a cliff with like minus 50 kind of thing. Think about Mm -hmm. that. From the third month of the year or of the the hockey season between December and April, he put up a minus 50, essentially. That's not good. That's bad. That's real. Like, I, I don't like plus minus either for the reasons I just stated. But after a while, you're like, that's bad. And, and, the reason that it's bad, it's like you said, it's not necessarily just an individual thing. Like plus minus is an individual stat graded on a team basis. It's not fair because it's on it. It's 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 a team number. 
Mm-hmm. But man, it doesn't look good because he's still out there and he's playing those minutes and he's not helping the team offensively necessarily. Um, those 42 points are great and all, but it's not great if you're still not moving the puck forward. Yeah. And I, I just overall, I thought it was a frustrating year for Letty. Even if you want to look at his possession numbers, it was the lowest of his career with the 46.9 CF percentage. Ugh, that's bad. Which it's really not good at all. Uh, just in his first year with the Islanders, it was at 55.3. Then it dropped off to 50.6. And the last two years was under 50%. So going down is and trending downwards, obviously, isn't the direction you want it to be going. Yeah, consider 50 the, the, the zero mark. And so any like a plus or minus 10 from 50 on the Corsi, that's where you should tend to be. Anything above that is really good. Anything below that is really bad. And he went from a plus five, essentially, to a minus five in a year. So he lost 10 Corsi points, if you want to look at it that way. That's not good. That's real bad. For a puck-moving defenseman, it's even worse. He lost. No, he lost... 10 in one, two, three years. Oh, okay. Well, it went from 55 to 50 to 47 to 46. Oh, so like a, a gradual decline. Yeah. Not good. Not good. No. Uh, I, I, th- I honestly thought he needed surgery this year. Uh, we are now May 2nd, and it's been almost a month since the Islanders stopped playing hockey, and he hasn't gone for said surgery. So I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think no. that was the issue, which it makes it worse because you're like can't pin it on injury. No, if it, it if we found out if we found out like he had a nagging injury all year long, then I would think that would be a little bit of a sigh of relief because then I'd say okay, have the all season get it fixed, and then next year you come back and the expectations go right back up. Yeah. But with like no talk of anything really, it definitely dampers the expectations a little bit. Hard, absolutely. All right, a. Another interesting story from this week was some rumor mill stuff firing up. Is Lou Lamarillo going to be the next general manager of the New York Islanders? Mitch, you say? No. Oh, okay. Why? He already said he wants to be an advisor for another four years for some reason. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's the best way to do it. There's a guy who doesn't want to leave hockey, but he's too old to be around. Like the guy's 75 years old. Let him. He he should retire, but he doesn't want to. Well, you know what? Be an advisor. Go live in your mansion in wherever in New Jersey or wherever you live. I'm, I'm assuming he lives in New Jersey because he's spent so long there. There's uh, mansions in New Jersey. I I don't know. I don't live there. There's gardens apparently. I guess I didn't see them, but they're there according to their logo, or not logo, but they're saying. Anyways, um, he's just going to go and live out his time, and then Brandon will call him up, or Kyle Dubas will call him up, say, like, hey, Lou, what should I do here? Or uh, just uh, do that. Done. Give me my $100,000 a year. That's perfect. Why would he do anything else? That's living the dream, sitting at home and just answering a couple questions, getting paid hundreds of thousands, potentially millions of dollars yeah. to do it. Make a trip to Toronto like six times a year. You're good to go. Done. Um, that, that, that's obviously assuming that's what he wants to do, which I, I have to kind of think he does after this long. I don't think he wants to be GM anymore. I really don't. I have no intel to say otherwise. And Bob McKenzie will tell you he wants to be a GM. I just don't see it. And, and, and if so, it's not going to be with the Islanders. No, I would be really surprised 
Um, I think his son Chris has a better chance of becoming the next Islanders general manager than he does. Yeah, agreed. And I, and at this point, he's not going to be because why? Why now? Right? He's been there all along. They could have done their quote unquote evaluations and appointed a GM who was already in house and already on payroll. If that was going to be the play, they could have done that already. So if they they haven't done it yet, I don't imagine they're going to do it. No, I certainly don't think so either. Which so. is kind of he's got to think of that and go like, all right, well I'm assistant GM, which usually means I I'm I'm good enough for that job or should be eventually. If you don't think I'm there yet, when will I be? You're going to bring in a new guy who's going to be here for another twelve years. No thanks, I'm good. I'm going to leave. Yeah. Um. Pass. Which is I don't know. Like I don't know if the guy's good or not. He what has he done? So. Yeah, you can't really tell. He doesn't really have that experience at the GM level yet, so we don't know what he's going to do at the NHL. Yeah. Do you think, after all this evaluating, do you think there's going to be a change, or do you think it's going to be Garth GMing it? I, I I said it from a few months ago. I think it's going to be Garth GMing it. I have hope. I oh hope God. they change, and I hope they do something, but there's nothing that tells me they will, aside from like a little rumor here and there that they're still looking at other candidates. But I, I see the rumors coming out of Minnesota – that they're interviewing guys, that these guys are on their short list, that they're interviewing this guy and that guy and this other guy. That's not happening with the Islanders. And it's not like the Islanders are some like tightly lipped organization that nothing ever leaks out of ever. If they were interviewing people, we'd probably know. So I have to assume that they're not. Yeah, probably. Right? Which is bad. They should oh, be. Oh, it's very bad. They should be. They definitely should be looking for people. Yeah. But nothing's but, telling me that they are. They could very well be, and they could be that like ridiculously stealthy organization. Look, they don't have a big media following. We both know that. Um, true. Well, everyone listening also knows that. Um, but I, th- th- there's something that tells me that just that's just not the case. I think you're gonna have to come down. For the first game at the Coliseum, because I think I'm going to have to wear that sign. <laughs> I'm going to be the there. Bell. I will be there. I don't. I don't want to do it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's I, too I, late. I, I mean, I. I'm a man of my word. I'm going to do it, but I didn't want it to have to come to this. <laughs> it will. It's going to come to it. I hope it doesn't. I really do, but it will. You are probably right. So, actually, as we we're talking about bets, let's. We finally came to terms. So why don't we yes. say what the terms are? So last week, we agreed on the bet. The bet is going to be on the Vegas Golden Knights, and I think they're going advancing. Mitch does not. They're playing San Jose, obviously. Yeah. So if San Jose advances, Mitch, what is it that you want me to do? You need to print out a picture of my choosing, of myself, and you have to grovel in front of it audibly on video and post it to your YouTube channel. And by grovel, you mean like bow down? Like what's what? What's the that's deal? right. You have to bow down in uh, what's the word? I, in in gratitude. In uh, oh, there's a word I want to use that's perfect for this, and I forget it. Uh, anyways, it's just bow in front of you. Have to essentially pledge allegiance to me. Okay, essentially, a little narcissistic, but okay. Oh, I'll super! I am super vain. Mine is okay. So if Vegas advances, what I want. I want Mitch taking a picture. We know he's Canadian. That's the running joke on the podcast. It's not really a running joke because it's a fact. (laughs) 
He has to take a picture in on all American getup. So like just picture like any stereotypical like if you think America guy, patriotic guy, that's what Mitch is gonna be decked out in, like it's the fourth of July. Do I have to do it on the fourth of July or is there any like what what's the condition or I just have to dress oh, up no, like an just American? ASAP. Okay. I thought you were gonna tell me to do it on Canada Day, but I don't think you know when that is, so perfect. Oh, I definitely don't know where it when it is. Awesome. That's no, amazing. just just for one one day. I won't make you wear it to work. I'll give it to you on a Saturday or something. Yeah, I think I don't think my work would let me wear it to work anyways. Well, I want stars and stripes, bald eagles flying, bandanas, okay. whatever you got. Okay, I can do that. So th- so that's what it is. Uh Mitch, while we're on the topic of playoffs, you want to check in quick on our on our brackets and give a little bit of an update there? Oh, do I have to? You definitely have to. We got The listener is intrigued. Uh, it's bad. Work. My bracket is bad. I picked the Golden Knights to lose in round one. That obviously didn't happen, so that screws everything up. Uh, and I also picked the Pittsburgh Penguins to lose to the Philadelphia Flyers, and they didn't. So that screws everything up on the east side. Uh, so my Metro section is screwed. My uh, Pacific section is also just as done. So at, at least I have... Uh, my central is good. I've got that one figured out, and I have Nashville taking that, although so far not so good. And I have Tampa taking the series against Boston, which they just won, so they're up 2-1. Good on me. So right now, I'm a little bit of in trouble in three. That's of... bad because there's only four. Right, so... <laughs> I picked Boston over Tampa, and they are down 2-1 because Tampa just won tonight. I also picked Pittsburgh, and Washington is up 2-1, but yes. they are going to be without that scumbag Tom Wilson for the next three games. They don't even need him. They've already concussed enough players. They're fine. <laughs> that I have This one's the good one. I have Vegas advancing. They're up 2-1. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And Winnipeg is up 2-1 on the Preds, who I have advancing too. Yeah. So we're going to need some comebacks. Yes. Big time. But luckily for me, Vegas is on fire, so I'm expecting that one. Oh, my God. Fire, please. They won one game handedly, then they got their butts handed to them the next game, and they won the third one close. Please. They're 6-1 six, they're six and one in the playoffs. Yeah, okay, sure, I guess. Okay. <laughs> I know Washington's going to choke. Oh, please. It's going to happen. Not this year. It's this year. All caps this year. All caps this year, baby. All right. If that's what you really want to... Put your bandwagon on. I mean, yep. Hey, I'm all in. Best of luck to you. That's Thank all I can you. say. <laughs> Best of luck to you. Thank you. We're gonna we're gonna get back to you in a week and see how you're feeling. <laughs> it might look a little different by then. Yeah, maybe. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. All right. So our last segment of this episode is going to be the social segment. Mitch, do you have anything to bring to the table? For well, this I, I had two things. One you already kind of mentioned. It's uh, it's our friend Tom Wilson is finally getting suspended. He's getting three games for that hit against Aston, against Aston Reese. So take that, Tom Wilson, you douche. Um, <laughs> I hate you. Uh, and uh, I hope you your three games teaches you nothing and you keep doing it. Then we have to suspend you and then you're expelled from the league. Thank you very much. I hope Pittsburgh wins the next three games. What? Don't don't lump Washington into the same camp as he is. It's not fair. I, it's completely fair. Ugh. God damn it. Jesus. Okay, my next one is 
I found this tweet, and I was confused by it. It says, Isles could have gotten Bufflin for Hamannick. What? Says... Uh, Isles Ooh. fan 83. It seems that maybe somewhere there is a rumor that when Hamannick was available to trade, instead of going to... Um, maybe when he wanted the trade, they could have got Bufflin for him? I somehow doubt that highly. There's no uh, way Winnipeg would have ever done that. I, yeah, I'm not sure I'm buying that one. Like, someone's smoking something pretty good to come up with that. I know we get accused of a lot of things when we write our, our trade proposals, but they come from a genuine thought, or they, they come from a genuine place. And Bufflin for Hamannick, that does not come from a genuine place, whoever wrote that. Straight, yeah, those two straight up. Heck no, that's not happening. Like that's that's Larson Hall type of territory, and even then, it, it'd be like Larson Ovechkin type of trade. Maybe not that bad. Uh, Larson Hall, that's a fair comparison, I think. Yeah, that's probably pretty decently fair. There's no way, and and, and if that was the case, and and let's say Garth said no, oh my god, oh, that that'd be up there with the biggest failures. Yep. That'd be right up there. Oh my god! And I, 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 there's no proof. There's no evidence of this that I've seen. I've, I've spent like whole five minutes researching it. So I don't even think Hockey Buzz wrote something about that. So that's how hot of a hot take this is. That even Hockey Buzz didn't touch it. So I just wanted to bring it up because I thought, where is this coming from? This has to be the most ridiculous thing I've seen in a while, and it is. Sorry, yeah. at Isles Fan eighty three. That was ridiculous. <laughs> I have two to bring to the table okay. tonight. Number one, did you see the second line reunion happen for Team Canada? I, I didn't see it as in watching it, but I saw that it took place. Yes. So I my, I compared my initial reaction to my reaction to the Islanders season. It was a short stint of happiness followed up by an, an immediate kick in the gut and realizing that things are actually bad (laughs) because yeah you have to let me explain that it's good at a very looking through a very small lens that the islanders have three players that canada values to keep them together the bad part is they had those three guys and still missed the playoffs by 17 points (laughs) well yeah they also had Tavares, bailey lee And still miss the playoffs by 17 points. So it's not just those three. It's those six that you have to have that sober lens on. Yeah. So that that one, for a second, I was like, oh, that's really cool. And I was like, oh, but wait, the Islanders, yeah. that means the Islanders aren't playing right now. And but wait, there's more. Yeah. So it was a split second of happiness followed by a brutal snapback to reality. And then did you see the Twitter story about Sorokin possibly being interested in coming for training camp? Yeah, I saw that. And there's a whole lot of ifs, ands, or buts around that anyway. So there is. I don't necessarily see it happening. I would like to see him come to North America. I want him to, but I don't necessarily think that he is going to leave the KHL even just to come over here for training camp. So there's mini camp and then there's training camp. He's come for mini camp before um, because he can contractually, 
Uh, and this is what he's said before even, is that I will attend whatever Islanders thing they want me to attend or I can attend so long as I'm allowed to attend it or can attend it. Either my schedule allows me to or my contract allows me to. He can't go to training camp if he's currently under contract with the KHL. That's, I, I think that's even at best, that's, that's um, an Islanders policy. Right, like they have that ridiculous policy where you can't be at camp if you don't have a contract with the team. That includes RFAs. So you remember that whole scramble for um, Ryan Strom like two years ago or three years ago? It's two. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had to sign a contract before training camp to play a training camp, and it was like the the day before training camp was supposed to start. He signed. So he Sorokin isn't going to play in an Isles training camp if he's under contract at the KHL, just because of the internal policy with the Islanders. I think also just KHL-wise that he's not allowed to do that because of said contract. Yeah. So, like, until he's out of a contract with CSK Moscow, he's not an Islanders to me. An Islanders? An Islander. An Islander to me, yeah. I am very intrigued by him. I think he's a polarizing prospect, but I... It's going to be another two years before we're even talking about if he's going to be the goalie of the future. And even then, how old is it going to be then? 25. Oh, okay. That's not, I thought it was going to be older than that. That's fair. That's not too bad. Is he Even in two years, is he still going to be within our system, if you know what I mean? Like, do we still hold his rights? Fair question. I'm not sure how that works out. They, they might still. I'm, I'm not. One of our listeners can enlighten us on that. What are the, the rights situation for Sorokin in two years from now? Because they haven't signed him to a contract, right? Correct. But I'm not sure how it works for foreign players. I think they have like four years from the time that he was drafted to give him an ELC. And if that doesn't work, then he becomes a UFA. Well, that's coming up on this year because he was drafted in 2014. Yeah, so I, I don't know how that works when it's a foreign player who signs somewhere else. I, I'm not yes. sure. I'm not sure what the rule is there. So just as I was looking up, uh, on his page on Elite Prospects. Uh, he was born in 95. He's going to turn 22 in... Uh, 23, rather, in August. So okay. he would be... In two years from now, he would just turn 25 heading into the season he's eligible for okay. the Islanders in two years. Cool. Okay. That's... 25 isn't bad at all. No. I mean, obviously, you could play a lot younger at the NHL level, like guys in their younger 20s or even teens. But 25, he still has got theoretically seven years of prime yeah so i like that anything else you would like to discuss tonight mitch that's all i've got you say that like i was supposed to discuss something else but i've got nothing else i'm just asking okay two guys talking hockey having a conversation we can go as long as you want no i've got uh, nothing else i've got a pillow waiting for my face to hit it in a second here yeah i want to reopen my windows so i'm gonna wrap this up too (laughs) see that's why i do it in the basement baby Basement is nice and cool. I don't know if it's coming through on the camera, which you could see me on, but I feel like my face is bright red. It's quite red. It's quite red. It's I'm quite red. Flush. Anyway, so let's wrap this up. So make sure to always go to the website, eyesonisles.com, for all your New York Islanders needs. We have opinion pieces, reaction to news story, uh, covering prospects, and pretty much anything else you could think of. 
Follow on Twitter and Facebook as well. Twitter is at Eyes on Isles FS. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary and Y. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. And the Facebook is Facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. Mitch, another episode in the books. Yes, sir. Next week, number 38. I got to figure out who that is. We'll look at the number history and we'll get back to you next week. This has been the Eyes on Isles podcast. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.